0: Hey folks, Eve here. This is a show about the experiences of LGBTQ folks that find joy recreating in the outdoors. We're creating space for folks to share their stories, which means you might hear some things that just don't make sense to you. And that is exactly why we're here. It's our hope that you will listen with an open mind. And as always, we welcome thoughtful and engaged feedback. We look forward to hearing how you brought this conversation into your own community. With that, Welcome to the ride. Welcome back, y'all. Casey isn't here this week, but we still have a really great conversation for you. Recently, I got to Skype with one of my longtime friends, Annalisa Emmick, about her experience as a queer woman in the outdoors as a runner and a hiker. Anna has been one of my queer role models for I don't know since we met and it was just really nice getting to talk to her about how her identity impacts her experience um, and and just to hear how like it's different even in a place like Austin Texas where she lives and uh, a community that is known for being queer friendly and inclusive. Um, But let's not forget that it's in Texas, so it's like this weird little bubble. Anyways, uh, I'm really excited to share this episode with you, share my great friend with you, um, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. So, let's get into it. So, I want to talk to you. I know you as an outdoors person. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so could you share with us your name, your pronouns in a small intro about yourself?
1: Yeah, so uh, my name is Annalisa Emig. Uh, I use she, her pronouns. And um, let's see, I'm a lot of different things. I would say... Um, outdoorsy related things um i'm a runner that's a big uh a big part of my active lifestyle um other than that uh, my background's in chemistry i'm also an artist and i make gelato now (laughs) um yeah but i would say mostly like running and hiking are the Uh, my big outdoor activities
0: awesome um so you live in Austin Texas Uh uh, and that is kind of from my perspective a pretty well-known queer inclusive community is that accurate
1: yeah definitely I mean like I think uh it really depends where you are and like what setting you're in. Um, Like definitely there are spaces that I'm in where I look around and the majority of people are uh, part of the LGBT community. And then there are other spaces that I'm in where it's like all tech bros and uh, like sorority girls. So I think, um, yeah, but yeah, in general, Austin is really queer friends
0: that's awesome um so like being I've never gone to Austin um but how, what how accessible are the outdoors in Austin to anyone in general yeah and, uh if you have to leave Austin for any reason like do you still feel as like welcomed or comfortable in your identity
1: yeah Um, yeah, so let's see. So for the first part of that question, I would say that Austin is, um, a really outdoorsy city, like, um, so for example, there's a trail called the Lady Bird Lake Trail. It's kind of a misnomer because it's actually on the Colorado River, um, but they call it Lady Bird Lake. Um, but yeah, there's a trail around there that's like, it's like 10 miles, um, a 10 mile loop, and it is packed on the weekends. Like, packed. Like there's always like joggers and walkers and bikers, and um, a lot of people go um, paddleboarding on the Colorado River in the summer and kayaking. You can rent kayaks. Um, there's kind of a running joke that, like, everyone, every girl on Bumble BFF, if you know that app, um, says that they love hiking in their profile. (laughs) Um, um, (coughs) excuse me. Um, and then there's also a lot of really nice swimming holes around. So there's Barton Springs, which is, um, basically this giant Spring fed pool. It's free during the winter. Um, it's like 65 or 68 degrees year round. Um, people will like sort of swim laps there, or you can just go and lounge around and hang out. Um, and then there's another really nice spring fed pool called Deep Eddy. Um, and that's, I don't know, like, I would say that that's kind of like the go-to thing to do on like a Saturday morning in Austin is like you go to Barton Springs and you go for a swim, or you like go paddleboarding on Lady Bird Lake. Um, so that's definitely like kind of like a central part of Austin. Um, in terms of outside of Austin. Um I think that that's really interesting to think about because um I've been out to like West Texas um a couple of times um twice with my current partner um and then once um with a former partner um and I think that like when I'm outside of Austin like, when I'm not in Austin or San Antonio or Houston, like, a major metropolitan area, um, I'm definitely more aware and cautious of, um, being outwardly queer. Like, for me, um, I don't know, I guess this is kind of, like, a difference in our experiences, like, for me, um, right now I have long hair, I, like, dress pretty femininely, um, so, like, if I'm not, like, holding hands with my girlfriend, my girlfriend is also, like, pretty, like, feminine presenting, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like, we're not red as queer, we're, like, red as, like, best friends, yeah. um, so it's definitely, like, a thought in my head where I'm, like, okay, is this a place where it's safe for us to hold hands, or, um, you know, do I, like, kind of, like, is it worth the risk right now? Um, I've never had any, like, negative experience. It's funny, because, like, the only negative experience that I've had with, like, like, someone's kind of, like, harassing me for being queer was in Austin, Um, and, like, in general, I think, like, once you're actually in, um, like, once I'm in, (laughs) like, Big Bend National Park, or, like, a state park, I do feel pretty safe, I think, because, like, I view, like, other people who are out hiking and camping as, like, generally being more accepting and more, um, like, they're probably not going to be, like, carrying a gun with, like, a Trump sticker if they're, like, out hiking at Big Bend National Park, you know? Um, But they might be if they're, like, in some little, like, tiny town, um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: it's almost like you. Obviously, like kind of you were talking about our experiences being different, and I think, yeah, like I don't present very feminine at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd be. Actually, ironically, I was out to dinner with. Uh, we were on a like a double date. Um, mm-hmm. with another. Queer couple, um, and my girlfriend and I look nothing alike. Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
0: And our server was like, Oh, are you two sisters? I was like, First of all, uh, I am very intentional about the way that I dress and assume that, like, you shouldn't assume my gender ever because you, because there would be, if you didn't assume something. There would be no way of really telling what gender I was. Yeah. First of all, um, but second of all, we look nothing alike.
1: Yeah. Uh, Except you both have short hair, so it's like that, like. Yeah,
0: but even when it's not, it's
1: very. I I know, but that's, that's the thing. It's like I mean I don't know. I feel like I had that happen so many times when I had short hair, where people would be like, oh my god, you look just like my friend, and then they would, like, pull out a picture, and it's literally just, like, a white, short-haired, like, lesbian, like, that, yep. and that's where the similarities end. <laughs>
0: yeah, but there is this part of me that thinks about, like, sometimes I would be envious of someone like you who is like, yeah, I can go out in this space and feel comfortable because for the most part, no one's ever going to assume, or most people aren't going to read us as a queer couple. Like, Mm, I'm going to pass really easily. It's like a
1: choice when I want to be. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Which, but then I'm also like, well, that's hard too because then like if you're out and let's say you're in this really beautiful space and like you there's 10 people around and you're like, Oh, like let me ask someone to take a photo of us. Um, How do you act in that situation? Do you stand like your best friends or do you like take a photo? Like you're a couple that loves each other and like wants to share this experience and have a photographic memory of that. Um, Mm -hmm. 'Cause then the thing about the difference between your and my experience is I'm gonna ask for the picture to be taken and they're probably gonna be like, That's a queer couple. For you, it would be like you're gonna ask, people are gonna think you're siblings and then or best friends or whatever it might be. And then if you do decide to like present romantically in a very like PC, obviously way, but like then you're automatically like in a different position than I started in.
1: Mm. Mhm. Yeah.
0: So I yeah. feel like there has to be a lot of almost like code switching that happens.
1: Oh, totally, totally. And like I think, um. Yeah, like I would describe it as code switching, and I think it's, like, the thing is, it's not, um like, that's an experience that happens when I'm in Austin, too, like, I'm a a part of this running group, and, like, I think everyone in the running group is straight, like, just from, um, how they act, and also, like, people talking about, like, boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff like that, um, and, like, I'm not out to anyone, And like, I'm not really close with anyone there. But it also is this kind of like, uh, mental gymnastics of like, uh, do like, do I want to say like, I moved to Austin to be with my girlfriend? Or like, I live with my girlfriend? Or do I want to have that conversation later? You know, like, it's like, you're always kind of thinking and like, trying to read the situation, I think, like, in that situation, like, with my running group, it's not, um, it's not a safety thing, like, it's not, like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be, like, harassed or something if I come out, um, but it's more of a, um, like, will this person view me differently if they know that I'm gay, um, and, yeah, yeah,
0: Well, it's also just a, that's a really interesting, like, dynamic to think about in the sense of, like, okay, you're a part of a running group. Um, From my perspective, a running group looks like you meet up on a regular day, um, like a regularly scheduled day, and you kind of just run together, and there's probably, like, conversation depending on what the workout looks like or whatnot, and the whole intention is to, like, provide community to promote running um to promote like being outdoors and whatnot but like if like what you're saying is true and almost everyone in the group is straight or straight passing or uh like cisgendered or any of those things then it's like their existence within that group of people never feels questionable um oh yeah like for you it's kind of like okay i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna I have to make the conscious decision every time someone asks me a question that could um, that my answer could lead to me essentially outing myself. And then you have to determine, like, okay, like that could be fine. We're in Austin, it's probably not the big of a deal. But then it's also like, then instead of being with a group of people that's just out running, And just talking about random things and enjoying a run, like, in your head, then you're probably starting to be like, okay, does so-and-so, the person that I always run next to on this night or whatever, think differently about me. And then instead of, like, being present and enjoying your run, like, you have this other thing just constantly, like, turning in your brain. Yeah. Uh, That fortunately for them, like, and unfortunately for you, no one else in that group would probably ever have to second guess or think about. And they can just casually talk about their partners um, and not feel like it's going to change the dynamic of their relationship with anyone else in the group.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's that like, <laughs> like, do, I guess, <laughs> sorry, I'm like getting over a cold. Um, it's that question of like, Uh, will they know me as the gay one and like I don't like I don't want to be that you know like I don't want that to be the thing that defines me which I feel like is sort of why um, I've kind of waited to come out to anyone because it's like okay maybe they'll get to know like these other aspects of my life and then this is also like being gay is also a part of my life um, but it won't define me, or it won't be like the the only thing that they
0: think about, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think like. Yeah, being the quote unquote the gay one is like the word. It's can be great, but also can just be really annoying, and feels almost like it can be one of two things, right? Like it can be negative. Or it can be like tokenism in a sense as well. And then suddenly like you're in a community of people and you're representing an entire community of people that you don't even know everyone is a part of. you know
1: Yeah. And, and that's- I've just had like so many times when like it's like once they when someone knows that you're gay, then it's like all of these weird like weird comments where they're like trying to be like, yeah, I get it. But, like, it is really just, like, super misogynistic, We're like, yeah, like, yeah girls are hot, <laughs> and, like, right. I don't know. <laughs> and, yeah,
0: and then it, like, just...
1: De- it's just rough. weird. It's, like, oh, dang, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So, I guess then, like, ha- outside of, like, the running group, um, like... How else do you feel like your experience has been in the outdoors has been like I guess shaped more by your sexuality than I would say like your gender or your sexuality but I guess like yeah has it been changed or shaped based on those things for you
1: yeah um I would say definitely yes and I think for me um more by gender than by sexuality what I mean by that is just that like as a person um I like being by myself a lot so like doing solo trips is really appealing to me and um I think when I was younger um I didn't worry so much about, um, like, being out by myself, whether that's, like, you know, out in Europe by myself, or, um, like, taking a road trip by myself, or something like that, um, and I think as I've gotten older, I've, um, I'm just, I'm more cautious, um, And I do worry more. Um, Like, it's hard to motivate myself um, to, like, for example, go on a camping trip by myself. Um, Because I just, I worry. (laughs) And and the thing is, um, I say that and I know the statistics, like, I know that it's, like, extremely unlikely to be, um, you know, attacked while I'm, like, camping by myself, or attacked on a hike, and that I'm much more likely to, like, get hit by a car or something than, you know, um, but it totally is something that I think about a lot, and especially, like, um, like, when I'm hiking by myself, um, for example, like, I was just out at Big Bend National Park um, for a couple of days by myself, and um, number one, I'm always reading the other hikers that I see, so, like, Mm -hmm. if it's a couple that I'm, like, number one, I make sure to say, like, hi, just so I'm like, okay, cool, like, someone else has seen me on this trail, and, like, knows where I'm at, um, and, like, if it's a male, if, like, if I see, if I am alone, and I see another man walking alone, I am hyper aware, and I'm afraid, like, I am afraid until we pass, because, um, I mean, a lot of things. Number one, I don't want them following me. I don't really usually want to talk to men who are hiking by themselves. I'm just, I'm extremely cautious. Yeah. Um, because I don't want, um, I don't want a man to know out there hiking and camping by myself and that I don't have anyone else with me right. um, so, I mean I've never had any scary experiences I've definitely had some like weird experiences yeah. Um, yeah. but um, yeah I would say that like um, my queerness doesn't impact um like what i do outside that much like i won't avoid a space because i'm like oh man i wonder if anyone's going to be homophobic here or something like that but being a woman like definitely impacts um the things that I do or just the way that I do them like um just like being much more cautious being like hyper aware um just doing things that are like really paranoid like I don't know like oh I'm going to camp in my car instead of in a tent because that's like harder for someone to attack me in or so you know like things like that when it's like I know, um, in reality, I'm probably totally safe camping by myself, mm-hmm. um, but it's still sometimes hard to convince myself that, like, everything's okay, you know?
0: I think it also would be interesting to talk to, um, someone who, who identifies maybe as, like, a gay, cis-gay male, mm-hmm. um, Because I would almost bet that they have almost the exact opposite perspective. I would say, I don't know for sure, but, like, if you're a cis gay male, like, you have the privilege of existing in a world that kind of, or if you're a cis male, you're, like, especially in outdoors, you have the privilege of existing in a space that's kind of always been yours.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Less, you probably have less fear, but if then you throw in there that you are gay and you are, let's say, going out with your partner, then suddenly, like, you probably become more of a target, even if it's very a minuscule amount. But then also, I think, on the flip side of that, like, if you think about the, I don't know if the appropriation of, uh, like, lesbian relationships is the right word to use, but, like, just how kind of, like, queer female relationships tend to be, like, fantasized, mm-hmm. like, they're a little bit, they're not taken as seriously, I guess, um, whereas, like, men dating other men or being with other men is usually often more, like, drawn upon, in a sense, like, mm-hmm. I, that's just my perspective, and I, I would be curious to talk to someone else, um, mm-hmm. and see you know what I'm saying? I like, can see if that's yeah. similar or different based on what your perceived gender at least is. Yeah. Uh, totally. I think that could be very different. Um, it maybe be speak to like a bigger problem. Um, yeah. But would be really awesome to maybe do research on. Yeah. But so okay so you you like to run, um, mm. you like to hike, you like to swim in watering holes,
1: <laughs>
0: you to follow your Instagram for all the beautiful watering holes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but was there someone or some experience or something that like helped you find comfort in your hobby um, and espe- especially like maybe in like recognizing and cherishing your like identity within your hobby?
1: Oh, totally. Um, so when I think about that, um, let's see, um, so I really think, like, honestly, like, I think what started my love of being outside was, um, my sixth grade class. Like my parents always um, took us on outdoorsy trips. Like we would go on like short hikes or we would go canoeing and stuff like that. And it was all right. I wasn't like crazy about it. Um, But in sixth grade, I went to this public school called Zoo School And it's a school at the zoo just for sixth grade, 60 kids. Um, And they do a lot of outdoor activities, a lot of hands-on learning. Um, They do two camping trips throughout uh, the year. So there's a fall camping trip and then a spring camping trip. And we would do stuff like um, we... Uh, had to choose our quiet spots on um, like the first or second week of school and our teacher just told us like, okay, I'm going to take you on a hike and uh, we're not going to talk at all and one by one you're going to pick a spot in the woods that's going to be your quiet spot and the way that you're going to pick it is you're just going to go to that spot and sit there. And then, when I come back and tell you guys to come back to class, uh, then you'll go back to class or whatever. <laughs> um, so, we had these spots in the woods uh, where we would just like sit and journal once a week. And I think just all of my experiences that year from like choosing our squ- quiet spots to um having survival night which was this like kind of wild thing like you think about it were like 11 year olds (laughs) and they they would um put you in a spot with your um like your buddy so it was like two 11 year olds in the middle of the woods and all we were given was a plastic tarp a, um, space blanket, a pack of ramen noodles, two matches, and, like, a little, uh, coffee can that we were supposed to cook the ramen noodles in, um, and, like, half a gallon of water or something, (laughs) um, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, My sixth grade teachers, Mr. H and Mr. K, just like really drilled, I guess I wouldn't say drilled, Um, just kind of like helped me find joy and happiness in being outside and helped me like, start to appreci- appreciate nature and, um, just enjoy, like, being outside, enjoy observing things, <laughs> um, um, yeah, but I think besides that, I think, um, my mom has been a really big, um, I don't know, I guess, like, advocate for me. Um, She's, yeah, she's just been, like, super active her whole life. Um, She and my dad would go on, like, 100-mile bike rides together. Um, She talks about, like, swimming, like, miles while she was pregnant with me. And, like, she would take us canoeing and hiking and biking and... Um, we were just, like, always doing things outside, um, growing up, and it was always really fun, um, and, um, yeah, I think that the, those two experiences, like, having my mom and having my sixth grade teachers really impacted, um the way that I view being outside and, like, my love of the outdoors.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it also would be really interesting to think about, like, I mean, kids these days, uh, there's just, like, with all the technology and, like, things like that, I know I sound so old saying that, (laughs) Um, even though, like, I'm guilty, too, of, like, having technology and whatnot, but I think that there's this, like, lack of that experience um for young people um in general sixth grade experience and i think about like all of these young folks um and especially people that are like young folks that like identify anywhere in a marginalized community especially one like the lgbtq community like how beneficial would it be for all of these people and all these kids to, like, have all of the skills that come from something like a survival night? Yeah. Uh, Or something like knowing at 11 that it's okay to, like, have a quiet space in the woods and, like, be – and maybe learn without, like, consciously learning that, like, nature is – and being outdoors is like stress relieving um and like could we change the lives of these kids that are going through this really awful terrible time sometimes um like especially if you don't identify with the gender you were assigned at birth or like those sorts of things like what if they had skills already um that helped them deal with things that were based in the outdoors. Like maybe we would be changing something, um, and giving them something more to think about and do. Cause I know a lot of queer kids that are 13 to 17 and they hate the outdoors. Yeah. Um, And I just so badly want to like rattle them and be like, but it's so great. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think also,
1: um, So, when you say that, when you say, like, they hate being outdoors, I think about my aunt in Alaska, and so my aunt in Alaska, this like, a quick side note, um, she worked with a school district um, in Anchorage, and a lot of kids in Anchorage, um, despite being, like, surrounded by mountains and, like, surrounded by, like, some of the best outdoor activities, Um, in the world don't actually like they don't go hiking they don't go outside and like it's because um, of accessibility like their parents don't have cars and there's no public transportation and also like the um, like who do you see hiking because like when you think of like the cover of a Patagonia catalog something you think of like a thin white person right like usually like upper middle class and so it's like if you're like a young black kid like you don't you're like that's not for me you know or like this kind of thing as what you're saying of like if you're like a young queer kid um you might see those images and say like I don't that's not me, like, I don't identify with that person, um, and so it's so hard to see, to enjoy being outside, or even give it a chance when, um, there's no representation, you don't see yourself, and the other thing on that note of, like, my aunt, um, so she has, um, a couple of kids that she's, she's really good friends with their families, and their families are um, uh, refugees from Somalia, I believe, Um, (laughs) and so she takes these kids, they're, like, it's, like, three kids between the ages of, like, seven and 12, um, and she'll take them, like, hiking and ice skating and sledding and stuff like that and she said that the first couple of times they were like (laughs) kind of weirded out by it like they were like (laughs) like this is kind of stupid like you want me to like walk up this mountain and then just turn around and walk back down um but then like once they were out actually doing it and they had like cool experiences like they saw a moose and uh I don't know like some other things there's lots of like moose and bear in Alaska so that's usually the thing of like oh we saw a moose today it was awesome um but once they have a couple of those experiences they're like oh man this is fun and like I want to do more but it takes like a couple of times the first couple of times they're like this is really dumb and why am I here <laughs> I think that that's like it gets back to what you're saying of like it's so important to have um positive experiences outside when you're young and I think too like really little kids like three four five years old are naturally so curious and so um like I see young kids as being really engaged in outdoor play and like very observant like um the other day I was babysitting this little four-year-old and we were just playing outside and I saw an oak leaf and I like showed it to her and I was like this is an oak leaf, like, do you think we can find the oak tree, like, can we find where this leaf came from, and then it was, like, this game, and it's, like, okay, does this leaf match the leaf on this tree, no, then that's not an oak tree, and so, and, like, kind of going through, um, it makes it into kind of, like, a game, but I think, like, really young kids are so observant and they really enjoy being outside and they enjoy um I don't know that space asking questions and figuring things out and learning about like new plants and stuff like kids really enjoy that but it's about like making sure that they have those experiences
0: right Absolutely. absolutely yeah um yeah I mean I think kids are like the place to start but You gotta get, like, adults to understand that first. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so kind of, like, on maybe a similar but different note, um, is there anything or any one thing that you have wanted to do, um, obviously in the outdoors, but feel, um, like you can't, or that you are hesitant to because of your identity?
1: Mm, um... Mm. I mean, I think the big one for me is um, just, like, solo trips, like, solo backpacking trips, solo camping trips. Um, I've done some, like, really short trips, um, but I think that's... um, yeah that's a big thing for me if just i'm i'm hesitant to travel on my own Um, like to hike on my own um or do like a long backpacking trip on my own or honestly like a long biking trip on my own um and um yeah i say that but i also don't want to discourage other young women from hiking on their own like I think I think that it's mostly a mental thing for me and there are like so many like just easy like safety precautions that you can take of like carry pepper spray and tell someone where you're going so it's like I really shouldn't worry that much (coughs) that much about it but I still do (laughs)
0: yeah for sure um so kind of like the last like official question it's mm-hmm. uh, more or less like how do you think that we can create accessibility to the outdoors for people in the queer community
1: mm. um, okay so I think a couple of things um, number one is public transportation like having good public transportation to um, state parks to national parks um, making it easy for people who don't have a car to get outside. Cause I think right now it's like really hard. And like, there are a lot of places that like, you just can't go if you don't have a car. Um, and, um, yeah. So I think that that's a really big one. Um, I also think just like having like more queer friendly outdoor groups like outdoor activity groups um would be really helpful and then there are other small things too like I think that um kind of like what we were saying um I oh okay sorry I got sidetracked um so my other thing is uh just like representation of queer people in um media yeah that talks about that so like you know like when I see like a Teva's catalog or like REI stuff like I want to see queer people, and not just, like, Instagram-worthy, like, white, pretty, thin, queer people, but, like, you know, like, I want to see, like, queer people who are overweight. I want to see trans people. I want to see, like, um, just, like, variety, you know, like, because yeah. there's so many different there's so much diversity in queer experiences, and I think a lot of the times, like, the stories that we get are, um, they're about a very, like, narrow segment of of the population, you know, like, it's, like, oh, here's this, like, gay man who's, like, upper middle class, white, and very thin, and, like, happens to ride bikes, or something, I'm making that up, but, um, you know, like, I just think that it's so important to see, like, more people of color, like, more, um, trans people, more queer people, more fat people, like, engaging in outdoor activities, and, like, yeah um and I think I feel like I feel like things are changing a little bit um yeah. like I'm definitely when I'm on Instagram sometimes I'll see ads for like athletic wear companies that feature like not just thin white people um, <laughs> So I feel like we are making uh, changes, but I think that that's a really big piece of, like, you need to feel safe in the space that you're entering, and if the only media that you see um, doesn't depict you, then it's really hard to think of yourself as, like, someone who hikes or someone who bikes it, or you know, yeah, whatever your sport is.
0: That actually, like, those are all really great. I think the accessibility, like, in terms of like transportation, is massive, because you look at a lot of like outdoor spaces. They they tend to be rural, which is fitting, um, mm-hmm. necessary, but at the same time, that makes them incredibly inaccessible, um, and there needs to be some workarounds for that. and I don't know. Maybe that's even like a ride share setup. I, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be anything robust, but like, and maybe it's just yeah. local community based of like making something accessible. But I 100% agree. Yeah,
1: um, just I mean like just some buses out to some state parks. And like the thing is, like I remember when I was in England in college. I, like took a bus and went hiking for the day I don't yeah. remember where it was but it was like pretty easy to do it was like you paid yeah. two bucks and took a bus out to this like really nice trail and went for a hike and I feel like there aren't that many spaces like that here right
0: yeah um, yeah <laughs> the other thing too that like you kind of like reminded me of something that I think about often is it's not just representation of people, like, in photos and in magazines and in, like, catalogs, but also, like, representation in the products that exist. So, like, I think a lot about, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, As for me, as someone that doesn't dress or tries to dress pretty, like, androgynously, like, buying women's hiking pants that accentuate my hips and then like flare at the bottom is not comfortable yeah uh, you know buying a pair of men's pants that are never going to actually fit properly or I'm going to feel like 100% comfortable in either it's like okay if even the clothes that I'm putting on don't fit my body um or fit how I want to present myself then I'm that much more less likely to want to go do this thing um Mm -hmm. that requires this gear um and obviously like it's hard right like you can't say like okay we need to make clothes for every single gender identity and expression that exists but at the same time like there have to be some pretty common themes and threads and people are creative so like You know, like, I should be able to buy a backpack that fits my body and it not have to be called a women's pack just because society believes that about my body shape, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just think that's a deterrent in and of itself. Like, if you don't want to walk into the store and be like, I need to get the pants that I need to wear to be most comfortable and most efficient and most effective in this situation, um, you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's also just, like, representation on that aspect, too. And I know there's a company, um, like, obviously, like, companies like Tomboy X um, Mm. are starting to do things like that, like, making, um, like, underwear for folks regardless. Mm -hmm. um, which is awesome actually shout out to tomboy x uh i love them i own several of their underwear and they're great
1: you should get them to sponsor (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) Uh, and i think they also have like a microfiber line for like outdoor activity um or like running but so there's companies like tomboy x and then i recently found another one the other day called machines for freedom Mm um And they make, like, cycling kits for folks uh, Mm that don't prescribe to the gender barrier, which is awesome. Um, Yeah. I think representation and having conversations with people is great, too.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Sweet. So, um, to wrap up, just have one last kind of fun question. Um, If you could be one animal for the rest of your life, what would you be and why?
1: Ooh um <laughs> uh I think I'd want to be um a dolphin because they're very wow. social very intelligent and uh you get to swim and be in the ocean which is great <laughs> I don't
0: think I've ever Thought about being a dolphin, but it <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: yeah. I, think I think it's fun. <laughs> cool.
0: Um. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Um. I really appreciate it, and I. Um, yeah, it's fun. I like doing. Yeah.
1: Dolphins. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for this, and I'm like, I'm really excited to um see where you take this project
0: that's it folks thanks for listening to this week's episode of the ride by ride outside we hope you enjoyed my conversation with my good friend Lisa as much as i enjoyed catching up with her Next week, we chat with another couple in the LGBTQ plus community that finds themselves outdoors as often as possible. And just as a side note, this is probably going to be our biggest episode yet. So stay tuned and get excited. Until then, we have one small favor to ask you. Small podcasts like ours grow from listeners like you sharing the episodes you enjoy. So our ask for you is if you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it with at least one person you think might benefit from hearing what we are sharing? And if you have a little extra love to give this holiday season, giving us a rate and review on your favorite podcast platform would also help a ton. Anyways, don't forget to check us out on Instagram at ride.outside and Twitter at ride underscore outside, where we'll share sneak peeks of new episodes and other fun stuff each week. So until then, folks, we hope to see you riding outside.